Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We have to understand that as believers, we're not under the law. That's point number one. We're not under it. Galatians 3 25, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. That's what it was. It brought us to Christ. It showed us our need for a Savior. And but in verse 25, but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. So that's what it did for us, and we're no longer under it at all. We're, uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. So we're not under the law as believers. That's the first thing to understand. Uh, verse number 14 in Romans chapter 6, for sin shall, ha- shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. That's what we were under, but we are no longer under that. Um, When you try to walk according to the law, sin basically shows its dominion over you because nobody could follow the law. There are some that teach and there are some Baptists that teach. Well, in the Old Testament, you were saved by law keeping. Well, no, you weren't because none of them keep the law. God still saves the same way by grace. That's that's not change. Now, the truth that's been brought forth by God has been revealed over time. I mean, we, we have it all right here. But if we lived back in the Old Testament, we wouldn't have had the New Testament to go to. So, but it, it, it doesn't mean that keeping the law saved someone. It just showed them that they didn't and couldn't and wouldn't keep it. Romans 7, verse 4, um, try to get a hold of this. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by what? The body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Not only are we not under the law, but this verse right here in Romans 7 tries to give us this, this picture is that we're just, we're dead to it. Don't give it any, any thought. It's dead. And we have someone that is raised from the dead, by the way. <laughs> that would be Jesus Christ, who was 100% sinless. We know the gospel. And so law, dead to us. And isn't it, isn't it ironic? How the scriptures show us that, well, Christ rose again. He defeated death. We're in union with Christ, and now we live unto him, and that is what will bring us forth fruit. People think, I'm just going to keep the laws. I'm going to just follow all the commands. I'm going to follow all the rules. Okay, you might impress some people, but you won't impress God, and eventually you'll fall short because we all have. But if we have someone that kept the law on all points, never sinned, and he saved us by his grace, 
Now we can bank on us bringing forth fruit if we're dead to the law, but we're in union with Christ. Yeah. That's pretty good. I, I like that. And it goes on, look at verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held. This is why religion always enslaves. Because it tells you, do A, do B, do C, and you're right. And biblical Christianity says, no, you're wrong. Every last one of you are just wrong. Every time you try to do A, B, C, X, Y, Z, 1, 2, 3, you're going to fall short of my glory. And you're dead. We're delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, we should serve in newness of what we talked about this morning, spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. All right, so that's point number one. We are not under the law. Point two, if you're dead to the law, if you're delivered from the law, if you're not under the law, that means you're free from the condemnation that the law would bring to you. And we should live a, a life separate from that source of motivation as something that would regulate our life. Let me try to put it in layman's terms. If your parents' strong arm is the only thing that keeps you from doing wrong, your heart wants to do wrong, and eventually it will. And I'm trying to say that to kind of make the point. People think that keeping law like we talk about this morning is a spiritual sticker that they get. It's this is my success sticker. I got an A plus today because I kept the law. And if we forget about the spirit of God. We're just sunk because none of us will keep it the way that we should keep it. We should be totally separate from the law as our source of motivation to do something. Our source of motivation to do something should be the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God should motivate to love our neighbor. The Holy Spirit of God should motivate us to not steal and to be faithful to our uh, to our families and our and our church and all of that. Not the power of your own flesh trying to keep. It. So it's not a means I get my spiritual sticker because I kept all these commands. No. We're not under it. We don't get a spiritual sticker. Number three. Um, in Romans eight. Let's get Romans eight. Um, are you under grace? If you're saved, you're under grace, right? You agree with that? Um, are you under the control that that grace offers you in the Christian life? Because if not, when you're going to think about that right now, what controls your life? It should be the grace of God. Um, we talked about this this morning. What's the key ingredient that grace gives? Yeah. More specifically, 
life in the spirit. Okay, kind of the same idea, same thing. The law, because it was a works-based system, wasn't able to produce that. And I know this is hard to kind of talk about or talk through or think about, but when you preach or teach on the law in relation to the Christian, and I, we'll get to this point a little bit later, we're not against the law. We're not against commands. We're not against doing what God would have us to do. We are. But what's the source of motivation? The law couldn't produce the life of the spirit. God's grace, we're saved by his grace. And now when we tap into that grace, we can see the outworking of that fruit of the spirit. That's why Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Go back to chapter 7 and verse number 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also become dead to the law. By the body of Christ, ye should be married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Did you ever plant a fruit tree and just hope that no apples came up or no fruit? No, everybody is in high anticipation on who's going to pick that first apple off that tree. The idea is fruit is produced, and that's the idea with the Christian life. It's evidenced by fruit. If you want anybody to believe your testimony, you have to live in such a way that it's showing forth fruit. All right, next point. We are dead to the law in all points. The Ten Commandments, the moral law. We don't get life from that. The entire system of law, we are dead to. Romans 7, and let's read verses 7 and 9. Watch this. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet, but sin, taking occasion by the commandment, brought me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Second uh, Corinthians. And get chapter 3. Verse number seven. But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones, you know what that was? The Ten Commandments. Yeah. <laughs> that was God's law was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? If the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth ministration of righteousness, exceeding glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For that which is done away was glorious, much more 
that which remaineth is glorious. He quotes from the Ten Commandments, refers to the tables of stone. What were the Ten Commandments? A ministry of life or a ministry of death? A ministry of death. It's a ministry of death. God didn't give us the Ten Commandments. He gave the nation of Israel the Ten Commandments. We can use the law lawfully, though. We can show somebody, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Have you have any other gods before, before you? Okay. That shows you, it reflects back to you that you can't keep what God asks. Now, we have nine out of those ten that are restated in the New Testament. And you can look at those in the New Testament and say the same thing. God, I can't keep them. I'm telling you, the law is not going to give anybody life. It's going to show you you are a sinner. We talked about this this morning. We, we are creatures of... I'm thinking back to all the things that I used to be involved in. And it's all about performing. I mean, the religion that I was brought up with was all about performance. You receive this sacrament, you do this sacrament, you do this sacrament. And it's a big to do. In school. Now, don't take this the wrong way, kids. You need to study and you need to get good grades and all that. But it's performance based. You're going to go and you're going to be told, do this, do this, do this. And as you do those things, you get your sticker. Martial arts is much the same. You start to train and you get rewarded for the things that you've done. And you get your sticker. Life is much the same. Children, they obey their parents. And their parents reward them with some type of sticker, whether it's a high five, whether it's a hot meal, whether it's an extra cookie for dessert, whether it's a great job. We get rewarded based on our performance. Everything in this life is performance based. And then you run into. The God of the Bible. And you try to come to him and say, look, I'm a pretty good person, God. After all, I got the alma mater. I got the belts. I got the trophies. I got the awards. I got all the stickers in life. I'm better than my neighbor. I've done better than the kid that dropped out of school. And God says, I don't care. You're not good. And you've sinned. And you haven't kept my law like you think you have. And the performance that you think that you have is nothing to God. And it doesn't produce life. It only produces death. It only produces death. Let's read Romans 8. We'll read two verses. We'll move on to the next point. 
Romans 8. Look at verse 3. What the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. You and I couldn't do it. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Here it is. To tie up this point. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And we read verses 5 through 8, and that was the solution uh, this morning that we looked at. But you want to be after the spirit. That's what you want to walk after. You want to walk after the spirit. Excuse me. Okay, next point. Kids, if your parents told you tomorrow, there's no laws, there's no rules. Does that mean you're left without any principles, without any character? No. When God tells us that we're not under the law, when God tells us that the law can't bring you life, Does that mean that you and I are left without God's principles and the the character of the spirit? Not at all. We're not left principleless. It's just that those laws can't bring us life. The Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ. We look at that in Romans 8. Uh, Romans chapter 9. We're already. uh, Let's flip over a chapter. Look at verse number 31. Watch what it says. But Israel, Romans 9, 31, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. There's principles. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we see the same phrase, under the law of Christ. Galatia, uh, let's get that. Let's get 1 Corinthians 9. First Corinthians nine, and we are in verse 21. The Bible says to them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without law under the law of Christ. Are you a Christian? You're a Christ one. You're not left principleless. You're not left without Christian principles and, and you're not. So this isn't to say that we don't live a certain way. This is to say that the law won't give us life. Galatians 6. We won't spend too long here because we'll get to this verse by verse soon enough. But bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. How many of you think that that's a good idea, a good principle to follow? Mm-hmm. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If I bared your burden, or if you bared mine, would that get you saved or make you a Christian? No. If you're under the law of Christ, you're going to do something because you are so moved by the spirit of God that you would do it. 
God asks us to do a lot of things that we wouldn't ordinarily do unless the Holy Spirit compelled us to do it. Are you ready to bear someone's burden? Uh, siblings, if you have a brother or sister, it's typically if if one if, if brother says something against sister, sister's upset. If sister says something against brother, brother's up upset. What if what if you just did what sister wanted, brother? What if sister what what if brother just did what sister wanted? What if sister just did what brother wanted? And you just bore the burden. In other words, just eat it. Just eat it. Bear the burden. That's a principle of Christian living. You have life and I have life. Why? Because we were made alive by Jesus Christ. And if we have life in Christ, and if we've been made alive by Christ, and if we've been given newness of life, where is it? It should show itself for that bearing of one another's burden. If the mind is so influenced to follow the control of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Can you lose your salvation? No. You can't. You're eternally secure. That's why it's called eternal life. Can you lose fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Would he stop abiding in you? No. No. He's not going to leave you. If you start acting like a knucklehead or if I start acting like a knucklehead, it's not like the Holy Spirit says, well, I'm going to go down to the Motel 6 and take up residence there. You're not going to lose the abiding indwelt Holy Spirit. But you're going to have some decisions that you're going to make because your mind was so influenced by the flesh that there is going to be a broken relationship there. And that's the way that it works. The norm. I'm going to give you what's normal. It doesn't sound normal, but here's the norm. That we live under the control of the Holy Spirit and it shows forth its fruit. Uh, let's go flip over one book to Ephesians. Chapter five. The Bible says in verse 18, and be not drunk with wine. I am going to assume that no one here drinks wine where it is excess, but be filled with the spirit. I would submit to you that I don't think too many Christians are drunk with all well, these modern outfits that are trying to trying to sell us on the fact and make us believe they're a Christian. I mean, they do. You got millions of people getting served liquor every Sunday from some guy in a Halloween costume trying to convince you that taking that, eating that cookie and drinking that, that wine is somehow going to give you grace. And these phony balonies with multi-million dollar buildings, they're probably out drinking. 
But I'm going to guess most conservative Christians are not drunk with wine. They're not going to the bar. They don't have anything to do with that. They're living a clean life. But I would say this. There's a lot of Christians that are drunk with them. <laughs> and that is not a life lived by walking in the spirit. That is a life lived. You're drunk with your own flesh. You're drunk under the control and influence of you. And that's not a good place to be. Speaking to yourselves in Psalms. I'm going to solve. If, 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 you, if you have. If, sisters, do you have brothers? Do they get on your nerves sometimes? Brothers, do you have sisters? Yeah. Do they get on your nerves sometimes? I'm going to show you how to solve the problem right here. Okay, look at your Bible and you're, I'm going to show you how to solve the problem in one easy verse. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know what you do? You take out the psalms and you start reading it the next time you want to you want to throw a cup at brother. <laughs> okay. All right. You get you get yourself some psalms, you get yourself some music, and it's going to help you. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And it's going to go on. Um, but it's interesting that when we see in verse 17, you see that, but be filled with the spirit. It's not like there's a period there. There's a semicolon there, and it links verse number 19. And it's not like there's a period at the end of verse 19 either. There's a semicolon. And there's not a period at the end of verse 20. There's a semicolon. The period doesn't happen until the end of verse 21. Now, that's pretty interesting. From verse 18 all the way to 21, this is all linked together. How are we filled with the Spirit? It's not just don't be drunk with wine. It's do these things. And we can fulfill the spirit of Christ. We can live out a Christ-like life. And that should be normal. But you know what normal is? Normal is you just write people off. Normal is you just yell and scream and bicker and fight and, and do all the things that we would expect the world to do. But Christians do. All right, Romans 10. Go back there. Romans 10. Next point, Christ is the end of the law. Romans 10, verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. It's the end of the law. We want to go to Galatians 5. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Anytime you seek to be right before God by law, 
You have fallen from understanding what grace is. How does this show up in our lives as Christians? Believe me, it's as frustrating to me as it is to you. Believe me, as a preacher, I wish that there were 30 preachers in a 30-mile radius that preached the gospel and were out doing public ministry and weren't pulling uh, pulling all these shenanigans every Sunday and calling it Christian. I wish it, I wish it, we weren't in the state of affairs that we were. But if I somehow think that I am a super spiritual, I get a sticker Christian or preacher because I keep more commands than somebody else, I better be careful. I better be careful because I can't make myself right before God by trying to keep laws. Now, this is a tightrope to walk because does God have expectations from us? He does. Should we keep those expectations? We should. And we should also not get so bitter and angry at other Christians that aren't up to speed. We just try to get them up to speed. You know how frustrating it is to be looked upon as some type of weirdo because you believe one book and you believe that we unity kind of, how come everybody's not united? Well, they can't even agree on what book to use. Right. I believe in unity. Let's unite around this. Amen. <laughs> to me, that's pretty simple. Well, what's wrong with this version? And what's wrong with this version? What's wrong with this version? And I'm made to be, and preachers like myself are made to be like some type of weird two-headed monster when all we're saying is, look, why can't we unite around God's word and stop trying to change it and allow God's word to change us? You know how frustrating that is to be the odd man out, to be the oddball out? It's frustrating. And then the world and then the Christian world at large ultimately wants to get a hold of your kids and say, yeah, your dad's a weirdo because he believes in the King James Bible. That's so old and archaic. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. But I have to be careful and you have to be careful that we don't use... The commands and the laws and the principles that we follow to give ourselves a spiritual sticker, we're going to get puffed up and pride. I don't know exactly how to balance it all. I just know it's there. I know it's there. So we can't be. We can't be legalistic in our thinking. Start to close out. Remember I told you about the Ten Commands? And then we got nine of them restated in the New Testament. The big overarching point of that is they're not kept by human effort. They're not. And each and every one of us can wear somebody out on our human effort. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you don't, you'll find out soon enough. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. I've been told that it is good, and then I've been told it's been bad. So I guess it's both. But I'm a very demanding person. <laughs> I put a lot of demands on myself. I put a lot of demands on business. I put a lot of demands on people. And I don't know if that's good or bad. 
I don't know if it's good or bad. And somebody can fulfill those demands in human effort. And I can wear them out with it. And they can wear themselves out. And I don't want to be so demanding that I wear people out. Because God doesn't give us his laws and his commands to wear us out. We're Christians. We're dead to the law. We should want to live by the spirit of God and fulfill his commands out of love. Can anybody tell me? I got a hard time with this. Can anybody tell me? Why these people that do this home care work and they care for these sickly people. And can anybody tell me why these animal people that rescue these these abused animals and they care for them and they love them. And some old person that's about ready to die that smells bad and doesn't take care of themselves. And animals that smell bad and can't take care of themselves. And these people go and dedicate their life to care for them and doctor them back to health. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, isn't that a great way to care for somebody? Here's what bothers me. Why can't Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, care for each other? Like the way that the world cares for the sick and like the the way the world cares for their animals. We've got the Holy Spirit of God we can tap into. It just bothers me. Just bothers me. I can't connect the dots on why that happens. Those people are caring people. They wouldn't do it unless they cared immensely about somebody else's well-being. They bear the burden. Why? Because they were given a set of rules and commands and say, you better file this or else. I beg to differ. I think it's because they just feel compelled and they have a love and a care in their heart to be able to care for somebody. And you know what? That's how we can live a Christian life. Love. The expression of love, the spirit of God within. Let's do, I think we'll finish with this verse. Romans 13. We're not in bondage to the law, but we certainly should walk. In confidence in the spirit. Look what it says. Last verse and then we'll we'll finish out. Romans 13 verse number 8. Owe no man anything. That's pretty good. But to love one another. (laughs) You do owe somebody something. Love. I don't owe you nothing. But I love you. And you can look somebody in the eye and think to yourself. I owe you nothing. I love you. And that's what God did. He commended his love toward us. And while we were at sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, man. Oh, no man, anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Can you love somebody? Christ loved you, and it wasn't because you were a big, fat s'mores. 
All right. You're not. You're not a graham cracker and a marshmallow and a little chocolate all melted together and all yummy and gooey. And you're not. You're not a s'mores cracker to God. You're his enemy. And he loved you anyway. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.